And welcome back to another edition of Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey as Media Director, and we are in the Mayor's office overlooking a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous day with those mature trees and the Hancock Adams Common. Hello, Mayor. Hello, Mark. Boy, the air is beautiful today. Oh, man. It's a rough few days. I, I am not a heat person. You can always put more clothes on. You just can't take enough off, you know? Yeah, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> not going to no, happen. No, it is beautiful. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous it day. Is. Yeah, it is. So... A lot going on, uh, a lot going on, and, and let's talk about some good stuff first. Let's talk about the graduations. Of course, we had... Uh, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. So Qu- Quincy Highs happened on Monday night, and then, of course, rain came, and, and the rain date is tonight for North Quincy High School, and they have an absolutely beautiful night to be out there and graduating. They do. They do. And I, I often say publicly that as mayor and chair of the school committee, my favorite night is graduation night, because you think about... A lot of these kids are with us from kindergarten, right? Right through. And you think about the effort that this community makes and the investment they make in every kid. It's incredible, right? So you think about, not only, obviously the obvious one is the teacher in the classroom, but think about it. The lunchroom people, the traffic supervisor crossing them and getting to school, the bus driver getting to school, the security officers, the custodians, the coaches, the guidance counselors, the secretaries, the paras, I mean, on and on. It's this incredible effort to make sure that every child has a chance to succeed. And that's what it's all about. So I've also said publicly, there's nothing more important we do outside of making sure people are safe in their home and in their person than educating our young people. And I think Quincy Public Schools, Superintendent Mulvey, his team, do an exceptional job in this. So it's a, it's a time of year where, you know, some school committee meetings that you know get a little into bickering over policy and all that, but it's a night where you all come together and celebrate with these families, with these youngsters on the milestone. It's a big deal at that age, big deal to graduate from high school. So we join in with the families and in such pride. And then you, you see where they're going. Some are going to the military, some are right to work, some are going incredible schools all across the country. Um, We've done our job as a community when you see graduation night. That's a great way to put it. It's sort of a reflection of who we, who we are as a city, right? Absolutely. And, and look, at this This has been going on for a long time. You know, previous mayors, we've always taken the schools very, very seriously. It's always been a priority, and I'm certainly proud of that, and we continue to make great progress. And I mean, you know, it, it's it's we've talked about it. Not every kid comes from a perfect home, right? And, and in fact, there's probably no such thing as a perfect home anymore. Um, but, you know, it's the school that is the great equalizer. Every kid in that classroom gets equal treatment, gets that same care and love, if you will, from the teachers and educators to give them a chance to succeed. For some kids, it's the escape from a difficult home life. Uh, and that's, I'm sure that's few, but it's the truth. So we're dealing with today a lot of different issues, social issues, that uh, language issues. We've got so many different immigrants in our system. It's not easy today. To, to be in the classroom and to be the guidance counselor, the nurse, the teacher, the father or the mother, you know, taking really taking on a lot of these roles for these youngsters who don't have some of that in their life. So, uh, and, and I don't mean to get, make this a downer. It, the reality is um, we got an incredible school system, really do. Great leadership, great principals, admin, teachers, staff, just incredible, really is. And a congratulations to my niece, Pearl Carey, who is uh, graduating tonight from North Quincy High School. Good for her. Excellent. Slip that in. Yeah. Excellent. Good for her. I, one of the, uh, we were kidding last night about COVID keepers. Yeah. Some of the changes that were made that maybe sure. we should keep. And I was talking with the superintendent. Usually at the graduation, the diploma is presented, and then we line up. And the kids have to go through the gauntlet to shake all our hands. Yeah. I said to the superintendent, maybe one of the COVID keepers is 
we stay on the stage. Let the kid get the diploma and get back to the <laughs> this seat because I don't think they really care about shaking hands with all of us. Yeah. Uh, but at any yeah, rate, uh, Quincy High was excellent. Uh, the speakers were good. Look forward to North Quincy's tonight. Exactly. Okay, so let's shift gears uh, completely mm-hmm. and talk about an issue that is, I know uh, we've talked about this last year, and it was probably one of your more feisty shows uh, on the Environmental Protection Agency's uh, case against the city of Quincy. Sure. Yes, it broke today in the Globe that we have come to a consent agreement with the EPA. Um, the U.S. Attorney, Federal U.S. Attorney's Office, was handling this for the EPA. They're essentially their law office, if you will. And this goes back a couple of years at least. It seems the EPA picks out two or three cities every year, and certainly in Massachusetts, a number of them have been through this. And quite frankly, um, I think if, if the EPA looked at any community, anytime, anywhere, they're going to find water quality issues in the drainage systems. It just is what it is. Yeah, uh, Storm drains flow into rivers, into the ocean. Though we have a good system, things get into the storm drain system that you can't control, whether it's bird feces, dog feces, rolls in, people using herbicides or fertilizer on their lawn, it rolls in, gets washed into the storm drain. All that ends up into the waterway. So it becomes a challenge to get pure, clean water out of our storm drains after a storm, right? Right. Because it does, it all washes in. So having said that, oh, for the last 30 or 40 years, the city has expended serious money every year on sewer improvements, drainage improvements. Now, I'll give you an example. A number of years ago, we found that there was human waste getting into some of the storm drains. So we, we, we did all kinds of testing over the years. We went to neighborhoods and, and they do what's called smoke testing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they can tell in the vent pipe, they put something through, uh, the system sure. and it comes up through the vent pipe on the roof, then that's a problem. Okay. So sometimes years ago, when contractors were hooking up to the sewer line, thinking they were hooked up to the sewer line, they hooked up to the drain line. No. So this stuff went on. Wow. Many years. So we have captured most of that and fixed most of that over the years. And then you've got broken pipes underground you don't know about. So if they're nearby, that the sewer pipe could seep into the drain pipe. Uh, I'll give you an example. Last year, we had these high counts coming out of, I think it was Milton Road, and the engineers were out and did some research. They found that there was a broken sewer main under the apartments at the Quincy Commons on French Street. Wow. It wasn't backing up into the building, but what was happening was finding its way into the storm drain system. So you have all these unique issues that just happen. Yeah. And we work constantly because, you know, we, we all grew up swimming at Wellston Beach. Yep. And, some people it might have been Nickerson Beach. Some people it might have been Rota Street Beach, Beach and House Neck. I mean, there's Mount Street. There's all kinds of places to, to swim and enjoy. Now, quite frankly uh, and honestly, the water is cleaner now than it was when we were kids. Yeah. They weren't testing when right. we were kids. I mean, Harbor. it was it wasn't pretty. No, um, but so it, it is. It is much better where it is today. Uh, but I do get frustrated uh, with the EPA. It makes it sound like we're villains and uh, you know criminals, and it just. Drives me crazy. I've often talked about if I ever write a book when I leave here, the book will be about the fourth branch of government. We all know about the executive, legislative, and judicial. The fourth branch of government has become extremely powerful is the bureaucracy. And you look at the history of the EPA and what it's become. uh, It was never supposed to be this punitive agency 
going after trying to get gotchas. It was yeah. supposed to be about working with communities to fix issues and challenges that were out there. Back when they started out many years ago, they used to provide, did community communities say, we know you got this or that. We're going to provide you 50% of the funding. The state will give you 25. You've got to come up with 25 and let this get this thing resolved. Now everything is a gotcha. U.S. Attorney's Office working on this on behalf of the EPA. It's, That's crazy. it's outrageous, uh, quite frankly. And, you know, the federal government, which is giving away trillions of dollars right now in COVID and, and uh, ARP monies, and, and they're fining us 115000 as part of this agreement. What's that about? You know, put the 115 into the fix, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, again, it's that punitive, it's that um, that attitude, that ego that these agencies have developed over time. I said to respectfully to former Congressman Delahunt one time, I said, you guys have given all your power away. I said, mm. you know, in the old days, a congressman would call an agency and they would jump. Yeah. Now it's like, who's on the phone? Yeah. Let's try to set up a meeting and beg for some help for your district. It's way, way out of control. I'll give you another example. The, the Greenberg Bridge, which is Quincy Shore Drive, by Black's Creek. There's a set of tide gates in there. The tide gates that are in there go way, way back, and they can only be opened and closed at dead low tide. It's just the technology because they mm -hmm. float, and you can't get them to get in, in place uh, once the tide starts rolling either way. So we proposed years ago, years ago, we've been dealing with the state, and there's one guy at the EPA, this one bureaucrat, who doesn't answer to anybody, who's got life tenure and a job, the federal government has held this up for years because he personally doesn't like them. Wow. Now, the new tide gates that we're talking about can be opened or closed at any moment. Now, keep in mind, the tide gates are there for flood protection. Lafayette Street, Putnam Street, that area of Marymount, and all the way back up into West Quincy, Furnace Brook comes from the Blue Hills, meanders through the city, it comes into Black's Creek and then into the Atlantic lives Ocean. Yeah, so with the flood control, he doesn't want tide gates in there. If we don't have tide gates in there, we're going to be flooding complete neighborhoods. But my point is the new tide gates can be open and closed at any time. Therefore, we don't have to close them as frequently because right now you've got to do it at a dead low tide. You see a storm coming. You see a high tide coming. So the gates are closed too often and it hurts the marsh. So the new gates would improve the health of the estuary and the marsh but this bureaucrat thinks otherwise, and everything stops because of one person. Now, I'm accountable. I'm on the ballot. Right. I've got a lot of bosses in the city that I'm <laughs> accountable to. Who's he accountable to? Nobody. Nobody. Wow. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little, as you can tell, a little disenchanted. I've been dealing with these agencies for a number of years, and, and I think uh, EPA is the poster child for... The federal government needs to blow some of these agencies up and, and start over because it's out, out, out of control. Well, but at any rate, back to the fix. Yeah. We've been spending 6 to $8 million per year upgrading sewer mains. And I'll give you another example. Mm. A, a lot of our sewer lines go through the marshes. They go through waterways. A number of years ago, I remember Fred Lasky calling me from the MWA. He said, hey, say, he said listen, we're, we're finding salt water in your storage because it gets treated at the other end. It's metered just like sure. the water's metered. We pay yeah. for that. Yeah. So we did investigative work. Again, the engineering companies come in. We went through, well, some of those pipes, and you see these chimneys that come up. You go out to Squawney to see these chimneys with manhole, manhole covers yes. on that come up through the marsh. Well, those chimneys got had some holes in them. So you get the soil water seeping in. So now you're getting the contamination issue on both ends. Yeah. Uh, and then we're paying for that on the other end. So we spent millions fixing a lot of those pipes, new lining, fixing the holes. So it's a constant. We're an old city and old infrastructure. I've talked about that a million times. But it's a constant to stay up with all this stuff. And we do it on a regular basis every year. And we pay for it. 
is the rate payers of the city. We pay six to eight million dollars just on fixes to the infrastructure. Now they wanted to spend a lo- wanted us to spend a lot more money than that, and we've negotiated with them and negotiated with them, and we got to them. We feel we're it's reasonable, and that's why at this point I said I don't want to spend hundreds of thousands more on attorneys' fees. We got it to a point where we believe it's reasonable mm-hmm. going forward. It's something we'd be doing anyway. The only part that bothers me is that fine issue, which to me a fine looks like you're admitting guilt. And I don't feel we've done anything uh, that we should be feel guilty about because we've been doing nothing but being proactive on our sewer systems, our drain systems, our water main replacements. I just, I just think it's outrageous, and hopefully someday the people in this country will wake up. Well, that was a crystal clear answer on the EPA issue facing Quincy right now, and uh, I think I'm going to hold off for an extra hour. Do you know where you stand? I know, I know you stand, but I'm not going to eat lunch for another hour. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's shift gears to something good again, because I know that this is your favorite time of year, uh, especially the Koch family. I mean, your family's been dedicated to public service for you know for generations and have helped to sort of make this city the way it is today, especially your dad, uh, your mom. But Flag Day is a big deal to you, and Flag Day is going to be a little bit different this year, but it's still going to be really fun. It will be fun. It will be fun. I... There's a picture in my office here. I don't know. I was about four or five years old, uh, and I'm standing by a wagon. My sister's sitting in the wagon, and we're wearing clothes. It looked like a little uh, Uncle Sam there uh, that my mother had made for the Flag Day Parade. We had a Flag Day meeting this morning, getting ready, uh, Flag Day committee meeting, I should say, and uh, preparing for Saturday night, of course. And some of the committee members were in the first Coke Club. They were in the first parade Bobby Campbell and Billy Phelan and Eddie Cohane and so many others, and they have great memories of it. It's it's one of those things that, and, and I run into people all the time that talk about my father or my mother and how much they meant to them growing up. I mean, my my dad, all he did was give, give, give. I mean, the Coke Club started in 48 with baseball. My mother started softball. It went into bowling, basketball. If you grew up in Quincy in the late 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you probably played in the Coke Club and you probably surely marched in the Flag Day Parade. It's just like a rite of passage, I yeah. think, you know, growing up. Now, in those days, there wasn't much else for youth organizations. It right. really wasn't. Was and my that. father was didn't do it to create uh, great athletes. It was all about keeping the kids busy, giving them some wholesome activities, get them off the corners so they don't get into trouble. That was what drove him to do all of that. So it's been a long, long history and... I appreciate all the committee members over the years that are keeping this thing going. People look forward to it. Of course, now it's a it's a big deal because we do the the fireworks as, as as part of it. But at the end of the day, it's it's always really to me about what my father instilled in the reason for the parade, and that was carrying that every kid carried a twelve by eighteen inch flag on a little stick going down the street. And he used to say at the event uh, following the parade, sometimes with the stadium Veterans Memorial Stadium, but he would say. You know, boys and girls, that flag you're holding in your hand is just as important as the one flying over the Capitol or the White House. It's the same symbol. It's the same meaning of freedom. You should learn to respect it, understand it, and and know that thousands and thousands died to protect that flag and what that flag means. And I, I think right now we need that message more than ever. We really do. We we you know what's going on in our society? Uh, so much division, which is too bad. And, you know, we should keep in mind that this far more that unites us truly does. It's still the greatest country in the world. There's no other place like it in the history of the world where people come from all countries to come together here, have an opportunity. We talked about kids' opportunity to succeed. It's the same on the, on the immigrant. And there's a m- million immigrant stories of success, right? Yeah. More than that there are. in the history of our country. So it's, yeah, there, we have differences, 
We shouldn't dwell on the differences. We should respect each other, respect those differences, agree to disagree on some things, but come together as Americans. It's a little corny, but it's, it's funny. When my father passed away suddenly uh, 34 years ago, Mark, the, the hottest day for me was Flag Day. You know, you get Christmas, you get the holidays, you get birthdays, you get anniversaries, but it was Flag because I know what it meant to him. And, and I know during the Vietnam War, he took a lot of guff. A lot of people saying, you should cancel that parade, this country, what, they're killing babies in Vietnam and all this baloney, you know. And and, uh, I remember him saying in a couple of interviews over the years, as long as I'm around, that parade's going to go down Hancock Street. And he talked about Dick Stratton and Alan Bredno and those veterans that were POWs at the time in Vietnam. And he wasn't going to stop the parade for these nitwit protesters at the time. It's just craziness. Uh, But it's, it's, uh, it's got a great tradition it's become well-known in the region. Uh, I want to openly thank Dan Cork, Cork Auto Dealers. Dan has been sponsoring the fireworks display for years. And by the way, it's a little different this year. I know. Let's we're, talk about We're going that. out to Quincy Bay. Um, we're not having the field event. When we scheduled all this, the pandemic was starting to lighten up, and we were just making educated guesses. Because you got to plan way ahead of time. Line, you know, floats up and bands up and specialty units. So we made the decision. Parade goes forward, but you know what? People are up next to each other for a couple of hours in a close proximity up at Pageant Field. Let's not do that this year. We'll pass on that. And instead of the fireworks in Black's Creek, we'll move them in Quincy Bay. Now people can spread out the entire Wallace Beach, Squam, Adam Shaw, Marymount House Neck. You can see them from so many angles. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you can have a little bit of bigger, bigger show because the size of the shells matter. I don't <laughs> know if people realize that, but when you go up to Pageant, there's a, there's a uh, safety fence that's put up. The, the distance of that fence is dictated by the size of the shells under the law. So we can go bigger shells in the bay because you got all kinds of room around you with the water. So it's, it's a little different. And so, we didn't do last year, so it's going to be a nice, no, big we did the, We did the ride. That was yeah. it, the drive-through yeah. on Marymount Parkway. But yeah. So parade at 7 o'clock. It starts at the traditional place of Coddington Street. It goes north on Hancock, then bangs it right on the Marymount Parkway, and will disperse at the end of Marymount Parkway. And then around dark 9, 9.15, the fireworks display will be set off in Quincy Bay along Wollaston Beach. Great. Well, it's uh, something to look forward to. People are dying to get outside, and, and uh, it's, been feeling, it's been feeling great that we don't have to wear our masks anywhere. I mean, some folks are still being protective, and if they haven't been vaccinated, they should be. Yeah, that's but right. That's it's, right. It's, yeah. been a nice, uh, it's been a nice thing to get out. It, it hasn't. I, I've seen it. I, I've talked to people. It, everybody's moods are much better. Dispositions yeah. seem to be better. <laughs> and I get it. It's been a long 15 months for yeah. people. So this event, I think, is we always build it as the kickoff to summer, the official kickoff to summer yeah. in Quincy. Schools are getting out. It's that time of year. Uh, but certainly after the 15 months we've had, even more reason to get out and celebrate. So we Absolutely. hope uh, people come along the parade route and enjoy the show. All right, Moss. Uh, I think we're pretty much wrapped out of stuff to talk about today. Unless, I mean, we get, we got a lot to talk about next week, a lot. So make sure you tune in. Tell your friends about this podcast. It's it, it's searchable by going on your favorite podcast uh, app and putting in Podcast Quincy, and you'll see City View with Mayor Tom Koch. That's it, Podcast Quincy. You can find it. Let your friends know about it. Find us on Facebook. Find us on We always share it on Twitter as well. You can listen online, or you can listen on your favorite podcast app. Mayor, that's it. How you doing? Thanks, Mark. Good? We're good? All right.